Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So, at four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual, because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable, it's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals, and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. Are you ready? It's time for your weekly dose of Wayne's Comics. Welcome to episode 421 of the Wayne's Comics Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. This week is an extra special episode as I talk with John Beatty, legendary comics inker and artist. He's got a new YouTube channel going, and I highly recommend you go there and sign up for it. He has a contest going in which you could win a sketch from him, so don't miss out. We talk about how he got into the industry as well as the importance of inkers, why he enjoys comic conventions so much, and other experiences that I'm sure you're going to enjoy what he has to say. There's a lot to get to in this episode, so let's get on with the show. It's an honor and a pleasure to be talking with comics legend and artist, inker John Beatty, probably best known for Secret Wars, but has done so many other things I couldn't possibly list them. It'd take the whole podcast to do that. How you doing, John? Doing good, Wayne. How are you? It's good to talk with you. I'm doing real well. Uh, why don't we talk about what's going on currently with you? You've got a YouTube channel that I came across recently. You've been advertising it on like Twitter and stuff. Talk about what's going on with that. Well, uh, I started that YouTube channel um, at the end of 2018. Uh, I figured I was doing some artwork and stuff, and I'd watch some other people do uh, streaming on YouTube, so I, I decided I would jump into that fray and see exactly what was going on. So I started doing it, and uh, when I first started, I had a little bit of... Um, Extra time, and I actually started like a daily, Monday through uh, Friday, uh, starting at 7 a.m. in the morning because I, I wake up early, go to bed early, and uh, so for me, 7 a.m., <laughs> by the time I got down to my studio here and set up and everything, uh, that just seemed like a good time. Mm-hmm. That's good. So uh, do you know how many episodes of that you've done so far? Um, well, I, I was doing it daily for a while and then, uh, this was like late 2018 and it went into 2019 and then I think I'm trying to remember, I kind of got pulled out. Uh, I started, there were some days that were very cold. I, I, uh, instead of my wife, uh, biking my son to school, I, I had to take him. So that kind of, uh, threw me off of a, off of the schedule that I had started and I started getting later in the day and then there would be days that uh, maybe it didn't happen at all because it would, you know, just, it would really throw, throw my schedule out of whack. Mm-hmm. I knew I probably couldn't do that for, you know, uh, a longer period of time than what I did because something's going to come up. And then after that, of course, convention season started and I got busy doing conventions and in the summertime, uh, you know, when you're doing a convention every weekend, you have just enough time to get home and repack and head out to the next one. 
Wow, that's true. So I've seen you at a lot of conventions. You were at a table next to where Richard Rivera and I were at the Megacon last year. We got to talk on it and stuff. It was great to get to know you a little bit. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it, and uh, uh, you know, it was it was nice being able to table next to you guys, and uh, it was really fun watching the fashion show that Richard put on. <laughs> he likes to wear uh, suit jackets. Oh yeah, it looks good. Yeah, yeah, he likes to do those kind of things. He's really fancy ones sometimes. Now, if people want to get to your uh, YouTube channel, how do they do that? Um, probably the easiest way would just be to search my name, uh, go to YouTube, and then put my name in. There are a few other John Beatys. There's that uh, John Beatty strongman. That's not me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, you'll probably see some little uh, uh, thumbnails with artwork or, or stuff on them that will let you know that that's the right John Beatty. Now, you're doing a, a thing now where if, if you reach hundreds, like the last time I looked, you had like 320 followers. And you're doing a thing when you get to like a, a round number, like when 400 hits, that person is going to get a, a something in return for doing that. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Okay. Well, it's basically it's just a uh, – uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to build my audience and, um, it's tough. You know, like I said, I, I bet I probably have a hundred, uh, maybe about a hundred videos up now. And, um, I was kind of stuck around 275, 277. It would fluctuate back and forth. And I'm like, man, I can't even crack 300. And so what I did was I just put out there that, you know, if I, uh, Basically, if I get to 300 subscribers, I was going to do a free uh, sketch cover. And it's it's not for the 300th or the 400th whatever subscriber. It's when I hit that 100 mark, then it's open to anybody who is a subscriber to my channel. Mm -hmm. And uh, because if I've seen it happen before. People will be like, hey, the 500th or the 1,000th or whatever subscriber to my channel will win this and then what happens is people unsubscribe and try to wait you know oh. and be that person mm -hmm. so the way i'm doing it is just like i've hit 300 now so i'll be doing a sketch cover um next week uh symbiote spider-man on a secret wars blank and then i'll have a follow-up I'll, I'll do the drawing on on one show then another one i'm just gonna explain the rules of the contest you know Here's what you got to do to enter. Here's how you win. And um, whoever, you know, follows the rules, then I'm going to put it in a random, put everybody's name in a randomizer and just let it pick one. And I'll contact that person and let them know, you know, tell me where to ship this and uh, I'll, I'll get it out to them. Do they request the image or is that one that you draw? How's that happen? Uh, this is just going to be something that, that, that I do. So it's, like I said, it's, it's not aimed at any one particular person. Anybody that's a subscriber is eligible. So that's what I'm saying. It's not like, you know, subscriber 500, you right. know, boom, you're the winner. Cause I don't know who that is, you know, but if like, let's say somebody wants a Batman sketch, would you do that? Or do you just, do you decide what you're going to draw? I'm going to decide on the freebies what I do. Now, if people commission me, uh, then, you know, they usually come to me and say, hey, you know, I've got a, uh, you know, they might have a blank sketch cover. Those seem to be very popular these days. Um, or I also still work just on plain old paper, you know. <laughs> but the, the sketch covers now are are very popular. Mm -hmm. cool. So. You know, so for, for this, it's basically what I want to do. And, hey, if somebody doesn't want to enter, I'm not twisting their arm. It's just, a, it's just a freebie shot to win a piece of art direct for me. Yeah, which is cool. I mean, that, I, gosh, I, I don't know anybody who would not want to get one of those because, you know, I mean, you are one of the, the people in the industry. I mean, all you have to do is say your name and people go, oh, John Beatty, I know him because of uh, all the good things that you've done over at the time. So, um, so, so this is going to, it's going on now. Do you have a time limit you're going to do this on or it's just going to keep going as long as people are signing up for the YouTube channel? Yeah. Um, I know I'm probably around, 
I think at last check it was maybe 327 subscribers. So like I said, I've I've hit that first goal of 300. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I will be doing that first um, sketch cover to give away at 400. Another. I'm gonna I'm gonna go every hundred. So it'll be 400, 500, 600, 700, 800, 900, and then at a thousand, I'll I'll kind of stop it then because here's the thing that could you know. It would be nice if it happened. I've I've watched some other YouTube people about you know their channels blowing up and stuff, and it's like all it all you need is that one video to kind of go viral, mm-hmm. and you know I know some people that have been on YouTube talking about their channels and stuff, and it's like yeah I did this video and you know I woke up the next morning and suddenly I've got like five thousand subscribers. So wow. I have I kind of have to stop it somewhere. Okay. So I figure I'll go up to a thousand and hundreds, you know, and then after that, uh, after I get to a thousand, then maybe twice a year, you know, I'll mm-hmm. I'll just say, hey, it's contest time, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a drawing or maybe I'll have one around that uh, I'm I'm you know looking to give away or something or maybe I'll do a doodle or something. Mm-hmm. Who knows? You know, maybe I'll. I mean, I don't even have a lot of my own books, but maybe I'll do like a, a signed copy of a uh, collected edition of Secret Wars or The Punisher or you know, some of the Batman stuff I did, whatever. And then just put that out as like, a, you know, time for contest. Here's what I'm giving away. Here's how you enter. No charge. It's free. I'm going to ship it to you wherever you are. And, uh, you know, just, just to have fun and to uh, give back to the people that have been my fans and supported my work uh, for many, many years. Yeah, well, your stuff is gorgeous stuff, I have to say. <laughs> I, I just love the look of it. It's just wonderful things about it. Um, so I, I'm sure this is going to be a big success. I'm, I'm looking forward. I'm going to start watching more regularly as we go along here because uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't aware of it, honestly, until I saw it on Twitter. So I was real happy to to see that. I think it's great to, it's a great to, way to communicate with fans and it's a great way to kind of build an audience for this stuff. I think you're doing the right thing. Yeah, I'm trying to um, you know, trying to grow it uh, just so I, you know, have that outlet and that connection with the fans. It's it's a lot of fun for me. Um, as you probably know because you were sitting next to me last year at MegaCon, you know, it's I, I enjoy chatting with the fans, you know, it's like uh, some people don't. I kind of like mixing it up a little bit and having fun, you know. I mean, uh, if you can't go to a show and have fun, then, you know, why go, right? Right, right. But I noticed that, that you enjoy talking with them and the family will be there and you'll talk with the whole family. Instead, just the person, you know, you'll talk with them about what they like and, you know, what, what kind of things. And if Some of them have memories of Secret Wars that they want to talk with you about, which I, kind of, I thought was really interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of people who, uh, you know, both Mike Zek and I, when we're at shows, um, we'll have uh, like a, a family or a father and, a, a you know, son, daughter, whatever, his kids. And he'll be telling Mike and us that, you know, this was his childhood. You know, Secret Wars is what got them reading comic books and they're passing it down to their kids, you know. So um, at the time... Uh, you know, I mean, Secret Wars at the time was, it it was something new. It was something different. And so we knew it was going to be big for that time period, but, you know, over three decades and it's still relevant. I mean, nobody, you, you can't predict that. It was an explosion. I remember yeah. from from where I was, it just was like everybody was buying that book, and it was just a wonderful thing. It was just, to see that many characters in one place was fun for the fans, but that must have been, you know, kind of hard work for you and Mike Zek to do. Yeah, and that's why uh, you'll notice, uh, you know, some things uh, like issues four and five were drawn by Bob Layton. Mm-hmm. Um, I still did the inking on it. Uh, you know, I, I think that they even, you know, Marvel had told me, you know, uh, get a background guy, you know, because you're going to need to do the, the figures and stuff. And then Mike was back on with issue six. But then even that, uh, they would have, uh, you know, because back in, back in that time, 
and if I remember correctly, Secret Wars came out in like 84, 85. Uh, you know, it kind of split the, the two years. Um, it was very important to the companies that the books come out on time. Mm-hmm. So when something got late, you know, uh, they would, you know, get somebody to, to get an issue in or, you know, I would have to give up pages that uh to ink so that they could be finished on time and uh, there's no one person to blame for that it was uh something that you know um it just happened uh mattel it was a toy tie-in so i know that even you know there were times when mattel would would kind of throw a, a curveball at jim uh shooter who who was the writer and editor-in-chief at marvel at the time so it would cause him to like have to rewrite his plots, which, you know, that's not a good thing when a writer needs to turn in a plot. So a penciler can get pages done and then I can ink. So, mm-hmm. well, you know, I have to say, I, I always think of the dark Knight example in my, mm-hmm. when, when Frank Miller did dark Knight, I loved it, still love it to this day. But I remember when issue one came out, issue two came out a month later, issue three came out six months later <laughs> <laughs> and issue four came out a year after that, and I was—I I actually wondered if I was ever going to see the end of that that miniseries. Right. Yeah. For a while. And then another one, and you might know because I've forgotten. Uh, you might know the the delay on the timeline. I I want to say it was almost two years. Was Camelot three thousand? Oh yeah. I think the last issue on that, I think that was 12 issues, but I think for the 12th one to come out, it was almost two years or something. So I know you, it was a long time. Yeah, you, you wonder if you're ever going to read the end of it. Right, exactly. And the sales, of course, drop as a thing like that because people are always looking at the current thing and they're buying what's coming out. And some people don't use you know subscription lists and stuff, so they mm-hmm. go in and get what they want. And they forget these yeah. things. Well, you, you know... I, they don't see it. They do tend to forget about it, you know. Um, I mean, they will hold on for a bit, but as you know, it's like <laughs> after two or three months, you know, it's it's one of those curses that it's like, uh, you know, you just totally forget about it. It falls off your radar until someone mentions it or it comes out, and then you're like, oh, you know, it's like that finally came out, you know. So, yeah, it, it, it's a curse. That's the one I when I read the Dark Knight uh, number four, I remember sitting there and thinking, I, I, you know, I loved the book, but I remember thinking I got to go back and reread the other one so I know what's going on in this issue because it, it had been a long time. That's true. Uh, you're right, and that does happen. Um, I actually is kind of funny. I'm here in Daytona Beach, mm-hmm. and so I got the first one, and I was it was in the evening, nighttime or something. And I was just going to page through and read a, a couple of pages. Well, I wound up going through the whole book because it really gripped me, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this was sometime during the summer because it was during spring break here in Daytona Beach. And I went over to uh, one of the hotels that, that would host events and stuff. And they were having kind of, I don't know what it was, but... There were people from uh, DC Comics there, and they actually had the second issue of uh, The Dark Knight, mm-hmm. and they were giving them out, you know, wow. to get uh, to get to get uh, those college kids to read comics. <laughs> wow! And so uh, I remember getting, you know, I got a couple of copies of of issue two a little bit earlier than the newsstands had them because I guess they had them directly uh, shipped down from the printer or something. Mm-hmm. So uh, I knew the people there, and, and we talked a little bit, and you know they had comics out, and they said, "Hey, you, you, anything you want, take." And I said, "Well, you know that Dark Knight too. I'm I'm looking forward to reading that." And they're like, "Oh, here, have some." <laughs> wow, wow. Cause... So I probably had it a week or two before uh, I think before it was on the stands. Maybe a week, maybe not two, but about a week. I don't want to spend too long on this book, but uh, I was driving all over the state of Florida when it came out, trying to get number one. And stuff like that. There was all these stories about that book, but Secret Wars has all those stories too. Do you have like a favorite Secret Wars story or two that you want to tell about? Uh, maybe your experience or what somebody else told you about it. Um. Well, like I said, the 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 big win for Secret Wars was the uh, 
the biggest win, you know, um, for, for, you know, not just me or, or Mike or Jim or anybody involved in the creative end, but for comics was that it brought in like a bunch of new readers. And it also bought, brought back a lot of people who had read comics, but had kind of given up on them or quit reading. And then they see that cover to number one with all the heroes on it. It catches their eye and they're like, oh, you know, let me pick this up. And then bang suddenly they're back to reading comics. So the biggest win for Secret Wars was uh, the amount of new readers that it brought back into uh, into the comic book business. In fact, that whole, what's known as the Bronze Age now, the 80s uh, decade, was, you know, I was, you know, I was very happy. I, I started uh, my career in comics in 1980, so I was there when all this fantastic, cool stuff was happening and it was great to be a part of it and see it like coming out. And, you know, I look back at it now and go, wow, that really was, uh, probably in my opinion, that the last, uh, real, I guess, creative and, and I wouldn't say experimental, but, um, it was the last era I think of really kind of fun, good comics. So, you know, like I said, it was it, it, it was a lot of fun to be working in comics in the 80s. Wow, well, that must have been great. Because for readers, I remember sitting and reading just all kinds of amazing stuff going on. Marvel was doing, I thought, tremendous stuff. I got a lot of other books and stuff and things like that. Of course, when I saw your name on it, I bought it because I knew I was going to see something really great. Well, thank you. So I always did. I still today, if you were, if somebody were to come to you and say, you know, would you like to do something, you know, draw or ink something like that, I'd still rush out and make sure I got my copy of it because good stuff. Well, I I keep, you know, I want to do that variant cover with Richard if he ever gets me pencils to it. <laughs> he will. He will. I know that's coming for good things like that. That's again. That's one of those things when you get to sit next to somebody, all this creative kind of fun stuff happens. Oh yeah. You get to know each other, and then you start talking to an artist, we'll talk to a writer, and the cover will come out of it. Stuff like that. It's just just tremendous. I, you know, it's wonderful for the fans, but it's also wonderful for the creators. Right. Speaking I, of which, mm-hmm. uh, I know that you have a usually have a pretty busy schedule when it comes to the cons. So I don't think I should ask you to list all the ones you're going to go to this year. But if somebody wants to know where you're going to be, do you have like a, a social media place or you have a website, I think? Any of those places to keep your, your schedule available? Um, right now I am trying to uh, redo my website. <laughs> so okay. If you go there, it's basically a Squarespace uh template that has a, a few little images but i haven't uh haven't done much editing on it yet um uh i have a handful of shows that some of them you know a couple of them i could probably mention but there's a few that you know they don't like us saying that we're going to be there until they advertise and they're more in the summer so i kind of have to keep quiet on those okay well, I hope you get to go back to MegaCon again. I think that was a great experience. I, I can. Yeah, I will be there okay. um, because I am listed on the website. So I know that, you know, that's kind of a safe one to say I'm going to be at. See, the cool thing about where we were situated was a main entrance to come into the, the convention hall. They mm-hmm. would w- walk through the door and they would go straight down. And we were right in to the left. We were, I shouldn't say right. We were to the left. As they came in, and man, we got a lot of traffic. Yeah, it's it's always nice to be you know somewhere where you know the people are coming in because uh, you're you're one of the first people that they that they get to see. Yeah, which is really cool. So, uh, like social media, do you ever post it out on Twitter? Like when when it's announced and stuff, do you let people know through Twitter or Facebook or any of those places? Yeah, I I still like I said if my if my website was completed it would you know the shows that i've i've already done two small shows uh this year one was in uh macon georgia that was on january 5th so that was a real early show in the year and uh then i did the deland show which was the following weekend i think that was uh january 12th Um, so yeah if if my website was really you know (laughs) 
prepared, it would be listed on there. And yes, I uh, Twitter. I, I find Twitter to be, you know, I, I know some people hate it, but for me, it's like very easy and convenient to use. Um, I don't seem to get as, you know, I go on Facebook and it's just advertising. You know, so it's like, I Twitter has some of it, but I, I it doesn't seem as heavy. Um, and Instagram, I I really use. Just usually for art, I don't really advertise uh, uh, anything on on Instagram. I try to keep that strictly artwork. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool because well, that's what Instagram really is. It's a visual. Right. Uh-huh. Other things like Facebook tends to be more text oriented, though you can put graphics in. I, I, I use all these different ones, and I can't even remember the names of them all anymore. Or on my phone, so when I, you know, if something comes out, I, I, I pop through all these different places to make sure that, that that I get as much attention as I can. Not for me, but for the people that I'm talking to. Oh yeah, no, before. it's it's uh, you know, it's it's hard to keep up with all of them, you know. <laughs> See, not only do you have to do the art, then you got to advertise that you're doing the art. You can't. That's right. Yeah. That's, that's a tough. I've actually had some people, and I, if I mentioned certain names, you would know them, who approached me and said, "You do all these things. Could you do these for me?" Well, I'm a little too busy to do it for other people at the moment, but <laughs> someday, maybe someday, I might just sit around. And, although, I, you know, I there are there's different ones coming up all the time and some of them I just can't figure out so I you know I'll, I, when I get some free time someday I'll figure some of these out but uh, but yeah I think that, that uh, see I saw that on Twitter so I was really glad that I was on there and I got to see about these good things with your uh, YouTube channel and good things so I like yeah that good stuff. Uh, like I said I I you know Twitter you you have a limited account of characters so you kind of have to you know edit yourself down which is kind of interesting because you can't just like well i mean you can you can do a multiple you know you can kind of reply to yourself and and make it a multi-faceted tweet and i've done that before but for the most part it's short little blips out there you know and uh uh i tend to like that because it's it's fast it's easy and uh i've actually you know, my my Twitter following over the past, uh, say, six to eight months has um, has grown quite a bit, probably five or six hundred people. Wow. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Well, we want to know what you're up to. That's the, the thing. We, it's, it's good to, to keep track of, of particularly people that we're fans of. And I think that's what social media is a good thing for. It is. And uh, I, I would be more active on, you know, it's it's. You know, it's hard to I let me think about this for a minute, because I like I said, it's it's the platform that I'm interested in right now is YouTube Um, uh, for the fact that people love to I mean, people just love to watch people draw. I mean, you know, it's like if if I'm inking something or drawing something at a show like any other artist, the people that are there, you know, it's it's. You've, I'm sure you've seen this too. It's like they kind of watch from a distance, and then when you look up, they kind of like back off and go, "Oh, I'm sorry." And it's like, no, no, you know, come on over. You know, you can, you know, no need to be afraid. Come on over and, and watch if you want. Especially kids, you know, kids are always interested in drawing, and uh, I guess maybe sometimes their parents are like, you know. Uh, well, don't bother him, you know, he's drawing right now or, or, you know, we'll, we'll stand back like 10 feet or something. And, yeah. you know, it's like, no, no, come on up to the table. You know, don't bump the table, kid. <laughs> don't bump the table, kid. But, uh, you know, come on up, you know, watch for a little bit, which they do. And then they, you know, it, it satisfies their curiosity and they may have a few questions or, or two, you know, so you answer those to the best that, you know, you think that they will understand depending upon their age and stuff and what they ask. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, one of the most funny things that uh, kids find interesting are those kneaded erasers that look like Play-Doh or, you know, that you can, like, pull and stuff. Yeah. It's, they get fascinated by that, you know. And, and I know my exec always keeps a couple of small ones extra. So if a little kid comes up and they just – you know, they're just staring at it like it's magic, you know, and he'll just <laughs> give them one. 
and it just makes their day. They just light up and, you know, yeah. and, and they're just ecstatic about it. See, I think that you are there's a you're one of that group that is really good with fans, and you know not everybody is, and you know I understand yeah. some people they they want they want to focus on their what they're doing instead of you know talking with people, but it's it's especially with fans going they invest the money and the time to go and see people that they like it's to be sociable at least. And to be able to talk with them and answer questions, I just think that's so big, and it just it helps cement the fandom. You know, that people want to come back. Yeah, well, that's it. You know, um, I don't want to alienate people that uh, enjoy what I do and 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 support my work. You know, um, and I, you know, I know there's people out there that uh, they may not realize when they do it. I think we're all kind of guilty of that at one time or another. Everyone has a bad day um, or you don't feel well at a convention or something. You may have con crud from the show you did two weeks ago. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> you're at the table. You're not feeling good. You're about to fall asleep and, you know, you just maybe have an off day or something. But, you know, it's it's kind of, you know, but then there are people that are just out and out rude. You know, yeah, well, you know, uh, we could name names, but we won't. <laughs> uh, there are certain people in the industry. I, I, I've watched them on panels talking to fans, talking down to fans, and I always wonder, and then, then uh, you know, how, how do their fans ever stick with them? And there are some of them I know who have become, uh, let's just say, less available and less popular as time's gone along. Oh, sure, but, yeah. yeah, but, uh, but you don't do that, thankfully. That's like the great thing about it. I just think it's wonderful when to see fans come up and and get a positive reaction and a positive experience out of it. I think it's just, just tremendous. Yeah, I think that's key. Um, like I said, I I enjoy talking uh, to the people, um, and uh, you know, even having a, a you know, it doesn't even have to be comics. A lot of times, I might notice somebody, you know something they're wearing or something they you know they're carrying or something and i'll you know start a conversation about that so um and and it's really interesting i've i've you know it's gotten back to me a few times that people are like hey you know my buddy met you and you know he said that uh you know you had a conversation about the watch he was wearing or something (laughs) oh yeah i remember him you know it's like i was curious as to you know what he was wearing on his wrist and stuff and he showed me and you know stuff like that so uh you know it's it's comics most of the time but uh you know other interest outside too and and i think people enjoy talking about other things also you know Right. Oh, that's the thing. It's you know we we have other interests. I mean, it's always interesting to me when people talk about comics. I watch and see people on Twitter and stuff. What are the things they're interested in besides the comics they do? And I'm always fascinated by those things. It's just oh yeah, it's just great stuff. So, well, let's talk a little bit about a couple of other things I want to do real quickly. You mentioned okay. commissions. Mm-hmm. If somebody wants to get a commission from you, how do they approach you to do that? Do you have like a, a rate schedule on that? Or how much you, you charge for certain things? Uh, I'm actually going to put a new uh, rate sheet out um, this Saturday, February 1st. So uh, depending on when this airs, um, mm-hmm. it will it will already be out there. Okay. That'll be good. So, okay, that'll be good things to see because, you know, the nice thing is is it's a great thing for you. It's something personal that they get to, to keep, things like that. I was reading a story that I did, had never run across before. You met Mike Zek at a fanzine. Yes, I, I followed his work. Um, well, I guess I took notice of it uh, in Rocket's Blast Comic Collector. And that was being published down in Miami by James Van Heis. And uh, I kind of got to know it through, back in the day, the Comics Buyer's Guide, which was a weekly newspaper. Mm-hmm. And so I think I ordered a copy of it, and I got it. And it, I, I can't remember what the what the first thing was, but it may have been like a Conan drawing. And then Mike had another, I think, a Batman frontispiece of the book where... The credits were like on a tombstone and uh, the grave robbers were there and Batman was kind of looming up on the tombstone, you know, in the in the shadow and stuff. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, I really, you know, felt this connection to Mike's art. You know, it, it really like this is when I was 15. I, you know, maybe 14 going on 15. I, don't, I can't remember, remember exactly, but it just it grabbed me, you know, his, his art really grabbed me. And, uh, so I started trying to, to seek more of it out. So I found more issues of that, uh, particular magazine. And so I finally just, uh, you know, I put together a package and some of my, my drawing and inking samples and wrote Mike a, a fan letter. And a couple of weeks after that, and maybe a month, I don't know, but it seemed like it was only a couple of weeks. I got a nice package back from Mike with a letter and uh, he had taken some tracing paper and drew over my drawings with some corrections and stuff and then uh, put some photocopies of pencils he had done from uh, an issue, a fill-in issue of Master Kung Fu. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, here's here's some pencils that you can practice inking on. So, yeah, I saw that was the thing I saw. I was really fascinated that he actually sent artwork for you to to practice doing your inking with it. Yeah, that, that's something. I mean, you know, because I don't know many artists that do that. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, no, and and you know, Mike Mike was really good about that. I mean, he did that uh, all throughout. You know, when when other people were trying to get in to the business, you know, and they got to know Mike or something. Uh, Mike would say, let me get you some pencils, you know, so that you can, um, so you, you, you have professional pencils to, to ink over, to do samples, you know, because most of the time, if you're hampered by your own pencils, you know, your inking is not going to shine as much. So he, he did that with, you know, a few other people. Um, so he, Mike has always been very generous with his time, talent and his, uh, just his demeanor about you know helping people. Yeah, it's really great, and I want, I want to say to any convention people, you should put these two guys together. Why cons separate you guys? I'll never figure out. You know, well, but. that doesn't happen much. You know, people know now that I, I think there are. You know, Mike is literally like my big brother, uh, <laughs> um, the brother I never had. You know, mm-hmm. so. We still get along. You know, there's a lot of people that work together in the 80s, either writer, artist, artist, inker, whatever combination. They they don't want to speak to each other anymore, hmm. you know. And uh, Mike and I, <laughs> you know, I, I, he's based in the Atlanta area. I have to I have to stop in Atlanta. So if we're going to a show together, I just, you know, I'll call him what's your flight mike i'm going to get the connecting leg so we can just you know fly up to the show together the the show can send you know whoever comes and picks us up you know it's it's one stop pickup for them take us back to the airport same thing we get the same flight out so you know and then the show kind of knows hey put these guys together because of the the work they did and we get along and 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 it's you know i think that the the people that come to the show and the fans, they actually see, you know, we genuine, genuinely like each other and get along. It's not like we're just, you know, putting on an act for the show. Yeah, super cool. I mean, I've seen you guys together at several shows, and I just think for fans, it's just a great opportunity to be able to talk to both of you. Yeah, I, it's funny because, you know, Mike may start a story and I'll finish it or vice versa. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so... It, it is. It's that camaraderie. You know, we still have, uh, you know, it, it's it's great to have a friend like Mike and to, to have had the, the work that we did together um, in common, you know, among other things. So um, it's 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 really fun. You know, it's fun for I think it's fun for us. And I think the fans really get a good experience uh, having both of us there and being able to, you know, talk to both of us. Yeah, I think that's a great thing. I mean, every time I've seen it, I see people, you know, just lining up and just, you know, happy to get to to talk with you guy and buy maybe buy a print or two and, and or get a commission thing done and things like that. It's just just a great experience. Yeah. Now, I I wanted to talk with you about inking. Mm-hmm. I'm not convinced that everybody understands what an inker does. Could you like tell tell people what from your experience what what does an inker do in the whole process? 
Well, um, it's kind of been skewed over the decades. Uh, nowadays, pencilers draw so tight, and by tight, I mean they put every single line in, like you know, like they're etching it in the paper. Um, so it's it's I don't know, it, it, you know, it it just doesn't seem like uh, like the inker does much other than famous line, you know, trace, uh, tracer. Um, but in, you know, to me, inking is adding, uh, texture and depth and, you know, retaining, retaining what the penciler put down, not making it worse, but trying to bring out the best in it. Um, I could go a lot deeper than that, but you know, it kind of becomes, uh, I don't know. It's, I, I had, not an argument, but I had to like, you know, <laughs> I had to, I had a discussion, we'll say with this guy at a convention, mm-hmm. he, he insisted I was a colorist and I was like, no, I don't do coloring. And he goes, yeah, you, you're, you're coloring in right now. Cause he saw me filling in blacks on a sketch, you know? <laughs> and I was like, no, this is not coloring. Coloring is something totally different. I'm inking, but I happen to be filling in a large black area. He goes, so you, you color in black areas. And I'm like, no, you're, I'm inking, I'm inking black areas, you know? And, okay. There, you could get into semantics with that. Yes, I did have a brush with black ink in it and I was filling it in. So if he saw it as coloring, you know, okay, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to kind of let him see it through whatever he was looking at, but you know, I, it's kind of interesting because it's, you know, everybody has a, a, a description of it. And for me, uh, well, my analogy is similar to, uh, like a penciler is the, maybe the cinematographer, you know, that shoots the film, uh, picks the shots and stuff like that. And then I'm the one that develops it. You know, I decide, uh, uh, how dark to make the exposure, you know, um, now, you know, there are pencilers, like I said, who really guide you, but, uh, I was lucky to never have to work with one of those pencilers that were so tight that I just, you know, almost like fell asleep doing the work. I always felt like I, I had work to do, um, to, like I said, the main thing, the key, I guess, I guess I'll shorten and just say the key is don't make the pencils worse. Um, (laughs) you know, don't, don't make them worse than, than, uh, than what you get and try to enhance them. But I always, for me personally, and this is my take on it is I like to keep the intent and the style and you know whatever makes that penciler unique i i want to keep that in there there are inkers who will overpower a penciler so you don't even realize you know who it is yeah I, you 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 say that stuff and I, that was one of the things i was going to mention was that i always thought you brought out the best in the penciler and you, you I, I i'm sorry mr Byrne. i'm going to mention your name when john Byrne inks somebody it looks like john Byrne did the pencils right and I, I always looked at that, and I thought, boy, if I was the artist, I'd be unhappy, as <laughs> I say. But you don't do that. I think you, like like you were just saying, you bring out the best in the penciler. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I, I, think, I try to keep their integrity, you know, and, and I, I kind of put the icing on their cake, so to speak. Yeah, see, that's the great thing. Now, I have to ask, especially now with the uh, development of computers and stuff like that, have you ever used computers for this kind of stuff, or do you still stick with pe- uh, paper and, and, and pencil or ink? Uh, most of it is still uh, traditional, uh, you know, paper, ink, pens. Um, but I can do digital work. And, you know, I have a I have a love hate with it because um, I, I kind of wish there was certain technology when I was, you know, working back in the 80s and 90s and into the 2000s that was just beginning to come into play. But I think that it can be taken taken too far in a sense. And, you know, what I do like is, you know, 
when you put a line down, you're going to get that line, you know. So the, 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 the printing, the scanning, all of that stuff is really cool. When I was in the business, I, you know, they had to shoot stats and they made, you know, they went from metal plates for printing to plastic plates. And there, there was like a learning curve in there for both the printer and us. Because when I saw my first job that was on flexograph uh, plates, which were plastic, it dropped out so many fine lines and it made the heavy lines like just like muddy and blobby looking. So you see that job and you're horrified and then you find out, oh, you know, you, you call up and you go, what happened? And they're like, oh, you know, we're in flexographic, you know, plates now. And it's like, so you try to change your work and then by the time you change it, they kind of figure it out, you know. Mm, mm. So, yeah, technology is, is you know, it's got its place. And, and like I said, there's certain things that I really like about it and certain things that I, I don't like about it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the good news about having paper or, or, or the, the, like the, the pages and stuff, you can sell those things, right. the originals and stuff like that, which, you know, if you do it on the computer, you can't sell them. I mean, you can make a printout, but nobody's going to want that. It's just a printout. But the good thing about when you do the original art on, uh, you know, in physical copies is that, you know, it's a, because, you know, let's face it, comics are not one of the most money-making things in the world, but if you could use those materials to kind of augment your income and help you continue to do the work you want to do. I just, I'm so happy for that because I know some people who do nothing on paper anymore. They do everything on computer and they're kind of stuck when it comes like this. And I I find they are always struggling for money and they wish they had more projects to do. And I said, well, do some of the stuff, maybe do a cover on paper and be able to sell that and maybe just kind of just help a little bit. I, I think personally, and I, I, you know, I mean, I can only, of course, uh, come from, you know, from my uh, background, but I feel that for me, it's easier to adapt to, say, digital inking uh, because I I've worked with traditional uh, tools. Um, But I do know that some people that have never worked on paper or anything, you know, then they adapt to digital. But if you hand them like a bottle of ink, a brush and pencil and paper, they're lost. You know, they, they, they can't control like a real brush. They can control one on a screen on a tablet, but, um, you know, that those you can set to like smooth your line and to get certain effects and stuff like that, where, uh, if you're using traditional materials, you don't have that, you know, you have your hand and your brain. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. <laughs> like you have to know, you know, how to how to do it. So, well, I don't know how you could do commissions if you only do it on the on a computer. You know, there's a few people that they will sell a digital com- commission. I can't think of anyone offhand, but um, it might just be, you know, something that they, you know, it's it's usually like somebody that maybe hasn't worked in the business or something, it might be a fan artist and they might be selling like, Hey, I'll, I'll do anything for like 10 bucks, you know, something like that. Uh, I'll do a digital, uh, headshot of, we'll say Captain America or Batman for you, five, $10 and you get a JPEG, (laughs) but people, I, I, you know, some people buy that, but you know, I, I don't get it either, you know, so yeah. I, if, if I was buying art, I want something, you know, tangible. Well, that's, that's just, everybody wants something, you know, the, the comic book experience is to hold it in your hand and, and fall in, as Frank Miller once said. Yeah. You know, that, that's the thing. If you're on the, I, I do read some stuff on the computer and on my iPad and stuff like that. Largely, that's when I've missed a, a paper copy and I want to keep up with the story. I'll buy a digital version. Mm-hmm. But to me, I, I would much rather have the paper. Oh yeah, yeah. I I have bought a few things on digital only because I can't, probably couldn't afford the original, <laughs> and I wanted to you know give it a read or look through it or something. But uh, yeah, I you know um, I really you know there's nothing like a good printed book in your hands. So true. So true. And on that note, I think what we should do is uh, is uh, call to a wrap. It's so good to talk with you, John. 
like at cons and stuff like that, I got the John Beatty experience today being able to talk with you about all these good things because you have some great opinions and you express them super well and it's just so good to talk with you. And I hope we get to see more from you in the future as things go. And cons, man, if you want to see John, get to a convention that he's at and you'll have a great experience. So, you know, John, have a great day and, and it's good to talk with you. I'd I like we'll have to do this again sometime. Yeah, Wayne, I appreciate you having me on, and uh, I hope that your uh, your your fans of of your podcast get some value from this, and uh, that they enjoy you know listening to what I've had to say. And uh, definitely, let's do it again. Oh, definitely. Thanks. People need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy, and I can't do that as Bruce Wayne, as a man. I'm flesh and blood. I can be ignored. I can be destroyed, but as a symbol. Get the latest from the comics universe. News, interviews, previews, and reviews. Listen to the weekly Wayne's Comics Podcast so you can keep reading your comics. That's a wrap for this episode. Be sure to be back next week when we'll have more interviews and other good things. But until then, keep reading your comics. project you've been working on just chipping away at it dreaming of the day you get to show it off then when you're least expecting it cancer and finishing that project actually happens i would know i've been restoring this car for years and today i'm giving it to my granddaughter it's her 16th birthday and two years since my cancer diagnosis happy birthday boo boo you keep making plans visit ohiohealth.com slash keep making plans to learn more the drive to go further and reach higher. The same thing that inspires you, inspires us. At Strayer University, we're always searching for new ways to make education more affordable. That's why we offer access to up to 10 no-cost gen ed courses to help you save time and money so you can keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. No-cost gen ed's provided by Strayer University affiliates of Field Learning. Eligibility rules apply. Connect with us for details. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEF.